Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody happy tuesday (laughs) valentine's day eve yes yes that too (laughs) happy post super bowl happy fat tuesday actually i think i'm in the right place (laughs) i think so happy taylor swift's boyfriend won some game a couple yeah. days later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All of the above, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and glad that you could join us. We uh, missed our episode yesterday because Christy was just too busy gallivanting around airports to come and do an episode. Stranded what, what can I in say? an airport. So, you know, I, had, I added an extra eight hours to my trip and then we got partway home on a plane, rented a car to get the rest of the way home. So... Yeah, I had like a 16-hour travel day yesterday, and it sucked. Yeah, that super sucks. But Hello. we had a fun trip, and I'm glad to be yeah. home. So, Well, I'm glad the trip was fun anyway. It was. So at least that made that. up for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, well, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot going down. There is. So let's get into it. You're going to kick us off with some creepy crime? Oh, yes, I am. Y'all probably remember a while back over the uh, the Harvard morgue scandal. And it's part of the weird set of uh, cases we've been reporting to you about, like, uh, the misuse of bodies after death. Right? We've had many cases about that. And so there was this situation in Har- at Harvard University uh, and the morgue there at the medical school where... The man in charge of the morgue was, you know, just selling body parts, as you do. Apparently. And people were buying them as, as you do. apparently you do. I don't know. So it was hor- it was horrific. We were all horrified together. Mm-hmm. This man's name is Cedric Lodge. And, you know, he is now charged with several crimes in the case. Mm-hmm. And are, so are some other people who were working with him in that uh, situation. So... Then what happened is that some of the families who realized that their family's body parts were sold on the black market decided to sue Harvard because this went on for a long period of time, multiple years. And, you know, the question was, how did you not know? How were you not taking better care of your morgue and, you know, more aware of your staff? Things such as that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, bad news. The judge in this case 
has decided to dismiss the family's lawsuits against Harvard. Wow. I know. Isn't that horrifying? Why? Well, I Harvard doesn't really want to have to pay. <laughs> it's just gross. I, it's I don't like being held accountable. Yeah, yeah, and and apparently, um, there's fear that uh, criminals will will run wild at every school, and they'll have carte blanche and you know stuff like that, which kind of goes a little far. Mm-hmm. But what is Harvard's responsibility here? Right. You know, don't you think they have some responsibility? Because, you know, a lot of people feel that it was fairly well known that this man was doing this and that there were other people involved and that Harvard turned a blind eye to his behavior. So the family is really disappointed. That's really it's, problematic. It's good families. It is. It's yeah. really problematic. And I mean, I. I think one of the things we've learned is how few laws there are out there that protect mm-hmm. people's remains and mm-hmm. what family has asked or they have asked to, you know, to, to um, what their wishes are with their remains, that there's not a lot out there in the world to protect that, you know? Right. No, it's, we've seen this so many times. I mean, hell, the yeah. case in Idaho, it took two years to bring any felony charges at all. Right ridiculous absolutely ridiculous so they um the family say that they are going to appeal and so we'll see if this holds up but it does make you really wonder like how how have things been so lax in this kind of arena and why are they and why aren't we holding people accountable because yeah it's been it's been difficult to charge the man here um because idaho laws were quite limiting Mm-hmm. But it's a yep. terrifying thought for all of us, I think. So yep, anyway, gross. that's what's happening with Harvard at the moment. We'll see what happens with the appeal. Okay. So with that, I am going to kick the mic back to you for our main case. Imagine being 12 years old, being asleep in your bed. Mm-hmm. And having two strange men barge into your bedroom, turn the light on, and start screaming at you to get up and get going. Oh, terrifying. People you don't know. And your parents mm-hmm. standing back watching this happen and allowing it. Yeah. And those men drag you from your home, put you in a vehicle, drive you to an airport, put you on a plane, fly you to another state. You may not even know where you are. Put you in a car, drive you clear out into the middle of nowhere, and deposit you in the wilderness at some kind of a camp. Mm. It's called Goonies. Insane. And yeah. it's just the process of basically legal kidnapping. Yeah. Well, ancient. unfortunately, this happens uh, quite a bit. There are quite a few of these uh, teen behavior modification type camps. Uh, Teens in crisis have become quite a big business. And Sad kids true. that are coming to these camps frequently, these aren't the poors going to these camps. These are rich kids getting sent to these camps. Uh, the camp I'm going to talk to today is, uh, it's a three-month program, and it costs about thirty dollars to $6,000. Oh, my God. And again, they are taking children as young as 12 and, and maybe a little younger. 
you get sent to this camp and for the next three months you are an outdoorsman you are basically camping and supposed to be getting therapy for whatever your issues are around a lot of other kids who are there for the same purpose uh there's lots of punishments there's lots of uh you're in trouble frequently you really have to toe the line you are very limited on medical care you are limited to eat whatever they're willing to give you you do an enormous amount of hiking and manual labor and this is considered therapy this is a therapeutic situation mm -hmm. uh unfortunately right. it isn't always no. now i will say some kids come out of these camps and say that it helped them a lot unfortunately a lot of them come out of these camps and claim that they were abused that they were injured that they were sick that they were neglected and that yeah. they have a lifetime of PTSD and trauma from what happened to them at these camps. I can't imagine just, just the stealing them out of their bed has got to be one of the most terrifying experiences of their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. So such a camp is really under the uh, microscope right now because of something that happened uh, earlier this month. So we are talking about uh, Trails Carolina. Let me tell you a little bit about Trails Carolina. Mm -hmm. Trails Carolina uh, opened in 2008. It's non-sectarian. The uh, premise of the camp is for family health and wellness. It is accredited by Outdoor Behavioral, Behavioral Health Care Commission on Accreditation of Rehabilitation Facilities. Southern Association of Colleges and Schools Commission on Colleges. They are licensed by the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. They take boys and girls from ages 10 to 17. Mm. The facility type is wilderness therapy. Average length of stay is 12 weeks. And again, they are in, they're in South Carolina or North Carolina. I can't remember what I said. North Carolina. Recently, a boy at 12 was jerked from his bed in New York, taken to this camp. The very day he got there, according to staff, he was angry and belligerent when he got there. No shit, Sherlock. Who wouldn't be? Right. Who wouldn't be? He refused dinner. Uh, did finally eat some snacks later. And then I'm going to pull up a series of uh, slides here. These slides came from Unsilenced. Unsilenced is an organization that is committed to helping kids who have been victims of child abuse, particularly in institutionalized settings. Wow. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook, other social media. Uh, their website is unsilenced.com. I think. Let me double check that. .org, sorry. Unsilenced.org. There you go. So on February 3rd, police were called to the Trails Carolina uh, facility after receiving a call that a 12-year-old was unresponsive. They got there and they found a kid that essentially was deceased. They actually did try to do some resuscitation, but he was in with her at the time. Mm. I've been dead a, quite a while. Yeah. Uh, Law enforcement uh, cited involuntary manslaughter on the subsequent warrant to get more information about what happened to this boy. Mm -hmm. 
The search warrant says the police attempted to gain information about the other four juveniles that were present when he died. And that trails, mm -hmm. he was in a bunk or a cabin with four other kids and two staff mm -hmm. who say they oh, have wow. they no idea what happened. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Trails Carolina staff refused to allow police to speak with any juveniles on site as well as see them. They also refused to give out any of the juveniles' names or date of births or any other information. Transylvania, oh. believe it or not, the county this is in is Transylvania. Oh, my God. A county department of social services attempted to check on the welfare of the children and were met with the same refusal by any and all Trails Carolina staff. Yikes. Due to the state in which the body was discovered, we'll get there. Uh, incohesive findings and the lack of cooperation from Trails Carolina, there was probable cause to indicate a further investigation was necessary. So that's what they are doing currently. Wow. A couple more things about Trails Carolina. This is from their website. Trails Carolina's wilderness camps for troubled teens are dedicated to helping teens work through behavioral or emotional difficulties, build trusting relationships with their family and peers, and achieve academic success. That's their mission wow. statement. That is a tall order. Mm -hmm. This is an aerial of the camp. Okay. And a map. So, I want to get to a, oh gosh, I have so many windows open. Let me get to the, oh. <laughs> let me get to the timeline. I have a good timeline here. Okay. The warrant, but when this first happened, there's very little information out, but now there's several things that have happened. Uh, one of the things that's happened is that the North, uh, North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services has sent a letter to Trails Carolina insisting that they do the following right now. Cease admissions, cease new admissions until they complete their investigation. Discontinue mm -hmm. use of bivy bags for any purpose for all children or adults at the camp throughout the conclusion of all investigations in this matter. I'll tell you what bivy bags are in a minute. Okay. Require at least one staff member to remain awake while one or more children are asleep. God, I would think that that was already required. Uh, yeah. Staff who were in the cabin where the deceased resident were cannot return to the cabin or campsite at this time. Permit unlimited and announced access by local DSS staff, law enforcement, and health and or human resource. Good Lord. <laughs> North Carolina Department of Health and uh, oh, for God's sake, you know services? what I'm talking about. Yes, yes thank you. <laughs> that is a really long uh, to the cabin, campsite staff, and clients. Provide by 10 a.m. each morning to Transylvania. Listen, this get this. Provide by 10 a.m. each morning to Transylvania County Department of Social Services a list of clients, their group assignment, and location at Trails Carolina and whether a restraint of any type was used against the, that child in the previous 24-hour reporting period. Oh, boy. A daily report. A daily report. So has this got something to do with restraint then? Thoroughly, or the bivy bag, 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thoroughly complete and update the incident report provided to us in accordance with the incident response and reporting materials. Provide DSS with the names and contact information for parents or guardians of all children at the camp, including their state and or country of residence. Yeah. So that's one of the things that has been uh, sent out. So here's what we know. So the boy had been at the camp less than 24 hours. He was 12. Mm. Uh, we're, we're just going to call him CJ. So CJ refused to have dinner, uh, was described by staff as being loud and irate when he arrived. Again, no shit. Yeah. Uh, he did finally eat some snacks later that evening. He stayed in a bunkhouse that is a square structure made out of wood with four other uh, children as well as two staff members. Their protocol dictates that he would have to sleep on the floor of the bunkhouse his first night. Yeah. Wow. Because, you know, everything yeah. is punitive. Uh, in these programs, it is. Yeah. The base layer on the ground is a heavy plastic uh, sheet that is approximately six feet and tied on the end with a string. This is what the bivy bag thing is. On um, top is a sleeping bivy which is a small tent. One side is collapsed. The other side is held up with a flex pole and there's a sleeping bag inside of the bivy. On the zipper of the bivy is a small alarm that goes off when you exit. So that's what he was sleeping in. Okay. Uh, that whole thing was seized along with several other things. So counselors say that around midnight, he started to have a panic attack. The two counselors stood along the wall and witnessed the panic attack. They said they that witnessed it. Uh, yeah, they told detectives that he experienced panic and high anxiety, but didn't mention if they attempted to assist him. The counselor did mention to detectives that the boy could exit the bivy at any time, but when he described it to detectives, they kept saying, "We would open or close the bivy," so he couldn't exit without them opening it. Mm -hmm. They claim they checked him at 3 a.m. and he was fine. 6 a.m. he was fine. And at 7.45 a.m. he was cold to the touch and stiff. Mm, that does I don't not think that track. happens in an hour and 45 minutes. It doesn't. Uh, this Yikes. is when they, the police got there. They wanted to speak to the other kids that were in there. And they rushed them out of there and wouldn't let the police have anything to do with any of the other kids. Uh here's the thing he was also naked from the waist down what he had on a hoodie and a t-shirt and his pants and underwear were off of him and laying next to his shoulder what the hell he was also foaming at the mouth which made them wonder if he was actually had been poisoned in some way or had a seizure of some sort or Maybe. medical event Maybe it sounds like he was very, very upset. Mm -hmm. So not sure on that. Any but child would be. Yeah. So the police are taking it very seriously. You know, they, they're they not treating this lightly. Uh, but here's some other things about uh, Trails Carolina that you should know. There are two current lawsuits against them for sexual assault. Oh, my God. 
So the new lawsuit, here's a few factual allegations from the uh, from the court documents. Trails Carolina's negligent business model fosters abuse upon children and allows them to suffer neglect. Trails Carolina was negligent, reckless, and wanton in permitting Gertie's sexual abuse. This is the, the new lawsuit. And the okay. girl's name is Gertie. She's 20. She was taken here at 12 to work on anxiety. Oh, my God. Or, or sorry, depression. Depression. You sent your 12-year-old to a camp like this? For depression? Yeah, holy hell. Staff and Gertie's therapist, Dario Kane, were alerted to another girl being sexually assaulted twice, yet failed to remove the perpetrator from Gertie's cohort. Apparently, there was a girl in their mm. cabin that was really uh, sexually inappropriate with some of the other girls. And mm. they didn't like it. They were uncomfortable with it. So another girl, not Gertie, who was in that same cabin, had reported two times that this other girl had been sexually assaulting her. She was accused of manipulative behavior and was moved to a different cabin. Oh, my God. So Gertie says on mm. her 37th day there, she was sexually assaulted and disclosed it to Dario Kane, her counselor, who told her, made her promise not to tell anyone. Uh, no field staff, Dario Kane, or anyone else ever reported any of these sexual assaults to authorities. Uh, she also tried to send a letter to her parents to let them know this had happened, and they intercepted that, and her parents never received it, according oh to God. the lawsuit. Wow. So the old lawsuit, this is lawsuit number one. Also, uh, regarding Gertie, ignored recommendations for her eating issues. She had some eating problems, and uh, Trails Carolina didn't honor that at all. Uh, she said the water filter broke for three weeks, which led to them developing pinworms. Oh, they never, she never saw a doctor, but somebody gave her medication for pinworms. Oh, my God. She was forced to hike all day and given that exertion didn't receive enough calories. Apparently she lost a ton of weight while she was here. Mm. Did not receive a shower until her 10th day on site. Oh. Suffered from a UTI because, yeah, girls have to have showers. Right. Suffered from a UTI for weeks before finally being treated with antibiotics beside, despite never seeing a physician. Oh, my God. Had two staph infections on her arm and, again, never saw a physician. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. So that's, these are the lawsuits with Gertie's family that are going on right now. Again, there are some people that have come out of Charles Carolina that say that it saved their lives and it was the best thing that ever happened to them. Unfortunately, though, right now people are coming out of the woodwork. I spent some time on uh, Reddit today and read hundreds of accounts of people who were at this camp or another one who as adults are still trying to deal with the physical and emotional trauma that they suffered, mm -hmm. the PTSD that they are still suffering from the camps. Yeah. Why are people sending their kids to these places? Why? Why? And multiple people I have seen were sent there for either depression or anxiety. This is ridiculous. not a solution. No. It's not. A lot of kids get sent to these camps because 
parents have a tendency to think that the child's behavior is um, not their fault or they want it to not be their fault. So then they will say that the entire problem is this kid and send them to something like this rather than facing up to some problems maybe happening in the family unit. Mm -hmm. It's really sad and disgusting. Unfortunately, Trails Carolina has received uh, numerous citations by the state health department over the last six years. Wow. And yet they're still licensed? Are still licensed. They're still being allowed to function with all of this going on? They are still operating. Now, they say that the reason that they did not let the police uh, access these kids was because of their protocols for getting the kids away from the death scene and trying to prevent them from experiencing trauma. Give me a break. And also protecting them until their parents gave permission for them to speak to the police. But that they were protecting the kids from being protected by the police. The police Mm -hmm. were not looking so much, I don't think, for perpetration in this case. They were looking for, are the rest of the kids in this place okay? Yeah. Here's the statement the Trails Carolina put out. Trails is aware of the contents of the search warrant, and we are saddened for the family to have these details made public. Are you kidding me? Maybe be sad. Oh, God. The search warrant document contains misleading statements. There are details we will not address at this time out of respect for the family and the investigation that is still underway. We can address the statement that Trails prevented children from speaking to investigators. Trails ask parents permission for any children involved to speak with law enforcement and state regulatory agencies, and we complied with each parent's preference as we are required by law to do. Children were moved from the area to protect them from seeing what was happening, not to avoid investigators. We are a mental health facility treating children with severe, complex mental health diagnoses. Not moving children from the area would have harmed their mental well-being. Trails maintains there is no evidence of criminal conduct or suspicious acts based on all knowledge available to us and information and statements from other agencies. Trails and all related personnel have not been charged with any crimes. Knowing the truth about what caused the loss of this young boy's life is what matters, and we eagerly await the report by the chief medical examiner. You mean the police who said this was an involuntary homicide from the very beginning? Mm -hmm. Those police? There certainly was an indication that wrongdoing had occurred. They also have released an earlier statement. Trails has conducted an internal investigation of this incident and the Trails facility has been investigated by outside professionals who are subject matter experts. Both investigations have concluded that there is no evidence the Trails failed to properly supervise, no evidence the Trails caused harm, and no evidence that conditions at Trails were safe or unhealthy. Then why is there a dead child? Right, yeah. Sorry, but that's bullshit. You've got a dead kid. Utter bullshit. And you are responsible for that child's life. Absolutely. I hate these programs. I think they're utter bullshit. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent. But here's the thing. This isn't the first kid to die at this camp. Are you kidding me? Mm -mm. Oh my God. A few years ago, a 17-year-old boy disappeared from the camp. And initially, it was said that he must have uh, run away. 
his name was Alec, Alec Lansing. So Alec Lansing walked away from the camp, supposedly, and was missing for a fair amount of time before he was found. His body was found in a stream. He was actually not very far from the campsite when he was found, but he was down kind of a, a steep slope of ravine. Apparently, according to investigators, it looked like he'd climbed a tree and fell from the tree a, a fairly far distance into mm. the stream and fract fractured his uh, hip and laid in the stream and died from hypothermia. My God. And what was, uh, of course, said by trails was that, well, he was a runaway. We, we thought he ran away. We couldn't find him. He it's wasn't very job far. to keep these kids safe, you dumbasses. And he I was care. laying in a stream. Yep, injured Bang. and dying from hypothermia. Wow, that's yep. horrifying. But don't worry, they were fined $12,000. Oh, well, that would make it all better then. I mean, just that's just a third of what his family paid for him to be there. So, yeah, sure. Right. Okay. My God. I was thinking about the... Uh, excuse me, Ruby Frankie situation, mm -hmm. the Frankie family, because they sent their 14, I'm going to say, year old son to a mm -hmm. camp like this in Arizona, you know, yeah, because he kept pranking his brothers and he needed to learn to grow up and show some responsibility. And yeah. he lived at a place like this for about three months. Yeah, he did. And went through a huge amount of trauma, according to him. Yep. God. So our hearts go out to CJ's family. I can't imagine Absolutely. for whatever reason that they felt like this was good. One thing I read from several people who sent their kids here and then uh, really regretted it is that once they had made an inquiry to this place, mm -hmm. when they were at their wits end with kids' behaviors or issues right. and, and were, were looking for solutions, is that they received an enormous amount of pressure. Oh, I'll bet. It's like high pressure sales is what yes. I've heard. Mm -hmm. To uh, Wild. send their kids there. And of course, some people have not regretted that and some people have. And that's the way it is. Uh, a lot of the adults that were sent to these camps say that it absolutely destroyed their relationship with their parents, that they have no contact with their parents as adults. Because how uh, could it not I allowed mean, this to happen to them? Yeah. Yeah. The, the trust that's broken there, I cannot imagine. Unbelievable. So obviously we're going to keep a close eye on this one and we will let you know uh, at some point here the autopsy results will come back and then will there be charges filed? We don't know. Right. We don't know. But uh, mm. obviously something went terribly, terribly wrong here. Surely did. Surely did. And the timing of what the staff are reporting versus the body being in rigor I think is really concerning the fact that they claim that he was fully supervised is complete nonsense and right. i can't even imagine what his family's going through right now they i can't either thought That's this was a solution just... they thought it was safe yeah yeah Thanks. so with that i'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our well, let's see for a true crime update yes Well, you may have heard that there was a shooting at Joel Osteen's church just a couple of days ago. Yes. This is um, 
a fairly interesting and tragic case. This is the story of Janice Moreno. So this is Janice right here. And Janice used to attend this church. So this is a place that she's familiar with. Um, unfortunately, she's been causing problems at this church for months. And people have been trying to sound the alarm that this lady is not okay. Mm -hmm. Some major stuff going on and is actually standing outside the church holding a gun and different things. Mm -hmm multiple times before the shooting occurred, which I just hate stories like that. Like there are things that can be done to prevent these things. Uh -huh. um, there are six women that live in this neighborhood in, in uh, Conroe, Texas, which is north of Houston, who said that they were targeted, harassed, threatened by her and that they, she displayed firearms and made them fear for being outside of their homes. Uh -huh. Yikes. Yeah. So it's really concerning, honestly. And I guess what I hate is that there's always a backstory to these things. And the backstory is always that some people knew. Uh -huh. Some people knew, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. some people have been asking for help and not getting it. Yeah. So she, she has a history of mental health issues, some abuse. She had a real contentious divorce. Uh -huh. um, and she's had a history, a criminal history, including using multiple aliases. Now, I'm going to clear something up right now because Please I'm so freaking do. tired of this shit. She has been known to use multiple aliases. One of them uh -huh. is Jeffrey Escalante. And because she's used multiple female and male names while committing crimes, the dumbassery of the world has blown up and said that this was committed by a trans person. She uh -huh. has never identified as anything but a female. Yeah. An alias when you're committing a crime is not the same thing as right. changing your name because you're trans. And if you don't know that, you need to grow up. Yeah. That just drove me nuts that all, you know, all of a sudden everything that's being oh, said yeah. about the shooter. That's all I'm seeing. I thought Jennifer Coffendaffer. Yeah. Oh, I saw Jennifer Coffendaffer call her a transvestite today. Oh, for God's Twitter. sake. First I'm of all, like, that's a slur. Second of all, huge slur. this is not true. No. <sighs> Crazy. So, yeah. Problematic. Seriously. Very much friends. so. Legally. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. But it turns out not trans and please stop saying that. Mm -hmm. um, she has been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Uh, Child Protective Services has worked with her and her family and that she has not supposed to be owning any guns because of that. Uh, unfortunately, she did fa in fact have guns and just really a long history of scary behavior and abuse toward her children and her spouse. Really sad that she had that kid at all. Right. With her. Very much so. Right. Let alone going into it. Uh, did you see the statement by Joel Austin afterwards? Uh, yeah. He I, smiled I, the whole time. 
he's such a psychopath you guys i'm sorry but it was weird weird creepy disconnected from the world smile and that god protects lakewood church and blah 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 um no that's not what happened at all no it's terrifying the look on his face is so bizarre it's like i'm not even looking at a person you know what oh. I mean? Like there's something missing in there. The interview I saw with him, I was astonished at the grin on his face the whole time he was talking about this shooting. Yeah, I was too. It was really horrifying. I don't understand what that is about, but it certainly is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, this whole situation. So very it sad. It is. It's very sad. But it's Oh, it's another one of these cases that pisses me off because it's obviously been well known that she was a risk, that she was a risk to the church, that she was yeah. a risk to other people in their in her community, to her child. Yeah. And yet here she was with guns, able to commit the shooting. So yeah. Well, we and continue of course to follow that she shot at shot back and, and shot her kid yep. in the head. They did. Yeah, it's terrifying. The whole situation to show up. I mean clearly to show up at this church with weapons and her child in tow is very mm-hmm. terrifying yeah. but it's an indicator of where she's at in her thinking mm-hmm. not clearly sure. at all so we're going to continue to follow this case i think it's really yeah. important it's one more time that we have to evaluate this structure that we have that could help in these situations and how we stop getting to this point how we stop letting people get to this point when mm. we have assistance available and yeah you know and also joel osteen freaks me out you guys i'm curious to hear what y'all think maybe some of you like him i don't know i find him terrifying but th- those that smile on his face the whole time he talked was the most freaky disingenuous thing i've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. Agree. And that's what all I right. got. Well, there you have it. So there's all kinds of controversy for you. Uh, mm. We will be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. And we'll be back tomorrow night for case updates. So mm-hmm. but we'll try and knock both of them out of the park tomorrow. We'll uh, do our best. We're not going to do the watch party tomorrow night. We'll do it the following. Uh, partly because it is Valentine's Day. Um, partly because... Uh, it is. Technically, I think it should be the next week. We're kind of on the cusp of whether we do it this week or it's, next. Yeah. We're going to wait. So, yeah. no watch party this week, but a uh, brand new episode with lots of uh, updates, uh, case updates at 7 p.m. Mountain tomorrow night. So, watch for two uh, two things from us tomorrow. Uh, we have mm-hmm. some other cases, breaking cases that really need some attention, too. So, we'll get yeah. to those tomorrow. I'm sure will. So thank you guys so much for being here. Please take great care of yourselves. You are absolutely worth it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Bye, everybody.